0: You are now listening to the Flaming Melon Podcast. Featuring your hosts, the Watermelon Boys, Lucas Beaudois and Patrick Riley. Bassen your seatbelts and enjoy the ride. And make sure to look both ways at the stop sign because the Watermelon Boys and affiliate
1: networks will not be held liable for any accidents caused by this pod. Thank you.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Flaming Melon Podcast. My name is Lucas. I'm here with Patrick. Hello, Patrick. How are you? I'm good, Lucas. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Um, how has your <laughs> how has your week been?
1: Oh, uh, it's been great. I uh, I recently uh, started um, a bakery.
0: Okay, great. What do you sell?
1: Well, okay so the concept of this bakery is, uh, it's less on the baked goods, which are very good, very, very good. Um, it is very good. Uh, the baked goods are, they are good. Um, very good baked goods. The baked goods are good. They are, uh, they're very good. Uh, but the thing about this place is, uh, the bakery is ran by, uh, guess, guess who, guess who, uh, Guess who runs the bakery? Chris Angel. No. Guess again. Chris Angel. One more time.
0: Um. Chris Angel.
1: Well, that was the closest one, but it's actually ran by a, a pack of wolves. So what people don't know is that wolves have the innate ability. Of baking, but nobody gives them the time of day to actually have them show their talents. So what I've done is I've started the world's first wolf bakery. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I mean, most people uh, you know, they think that wolves are bad. They think that they're, uh, they think that they need to be eliminated. They think that they're mean, dirty, rude, um, very impolite. I guess that's another word for rude. Um, Yeah,
0: I could, uh, I can see that. I can see where people are coming from there.
1: Well, they're wrong. I I mean, the look at the look at the loaves that they make. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, you have oat nut, you have uh, rye. They make a really good rye, um, contrary to popular opinion.
0: Um, I want to guess. I want to guess that.
1: Yeah, you probably would have thought sourdough, but no, they're terrible at sourdough. It's really, I uh, would have for
0: sure said sourdough. That's surprising.
1: But actually, all we sell is sourdough there, um, which is a little weird. But um, yeah, so I started this bakery with wolves, and it's like um, we're just giving the wolves a new life. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much, uh, I can't really speak much more on it because it is a top secret operation ran by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. in fact, we're probably going to have to cut this out. So.
0: Okay. Well, no problem. Um So, how was your week? Um my my week was good, you know. I was I was hoping it was Chris Angel running the bakery just cuz I'm so excited to talk about him again today, but we'll we'll get to that later. Um My week was good. I did another show, another magic show. A This is this is perhaps the smallest close-up show I've ever done. How in many terms people? of the amount of people? I want you to guess. Um, That's how many people I was performing for in this show. Three. It was two people, um, which I thought might be a little awkward. I've never done a hour long show for two people, but it was it's um. there's this one member at the club that hires me for a lot of shows just because he's a big fan of magic and and enjoys watching my magic and so he's hired me for a lot of small close-up shows but this time it was just him and one other person which so I've got a guy who's seen me a bunch of times and someone who has never seen me and I'm going to do an hour well we were going to do 30 minutes but we extended it to an hour in the show Um, so that kind of gives you an idea of of how it went but i thought it was going to be a little awkward compared to the other ones that i've done but it was actually still a lot of fun so there you go yeah
1: i mean i bet it's uh it's definitely a different uh a different atmosphere
0: it's very different um And you know, the nice thing is I'm working on more new stuff than I ever have right now out outside of like what we've been talking about. Even there's some new books that I have that I haven't told you about that I'm learning some great material, great material from that. I know you, you and Peter are going to love when I see you guys again. And so it, it gives me a good opportunity to kind of test some of that in a real time paid performance too. um, a little less risky.
1: Right. It's your your performance setting is casual enough for you to take some risks and try some uh some stuff that you might not debut in front of like a hundred people or or right. let's say twenty people if it's a intimate right. thing.
0: Yeah. Well Yeah and then uh it, yeah. It was good. It was a good show. I had fun. And then I've got another show tonight um for I uh, 10 to 15 people, I think. So that's a little more normal size for a small close-up show. And then another show tomorrow. So it's a good week. That's a good week. Good week for yeah. Magic, yeah. Yeah, and the one tomorrow is for like 30-some people. So that one's a little bigger. Uh, should be a good time. So have you been to uh, Marvin's
1: in the past uh, few days?
0: Um, I The most recent one most recent time I've been there was for Sean Paul and Juliana Faye, oh, okay. which I talked about on the last pod, if I remember correctly. Are there any
1: people who are so, coming there that you are looking forward to seeing, or is it always kind of a surprise when you go there?
0: No, they have online, they have a, they're on their website, they have a list of the people coming in for each weekend. Um, one that I'm excited for is there's a weekend where John Carney is doing the stage show. Oh, that'll be a treat. So. Yeah, that'll be good. That's actually my mom's coming into town for my birthday, and that's the week that she's here. So, Oh, awesome. I'll get to take her over there and watch John Carney do probably both the close-up and the stage, which will be uh, pretty
1: sweet. The John Carney show. Because
0: he's he's a legend.
1: I wonder if he's going to just – I wonder what his stage stuff is like. Like, I wonder if it's uh, more like a parlor type of thing because of the intimacy of the theater.
0: I would imagine that it is. Um, He, you know, one of the coolest things about going to Marvin's now is whenever John's there, which is most weekends, I'll I'll walk in and he's just sitting by himself over in the corner. And uh, so I'll just uh, go over to him and talk with him for like 20 minutes before the show, which is pretty sweet. And he was I was asking him about his uh, stage show. and He was telling me that he's kind of nervous and has to, like, knock off some rust on some of them. Um, not necessarily the the performance of the trick itself, but just knowing the moments in the in each trick and knowing how it flows to get like laughs and and uh, and impactful moments. So it's I mean he he is primarily
1: close up, so it's it's not often that he does a show like this.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know how often he does shows like stage shows, but yeah, he does do a lot of close up but I'm sure he's going to kill it because he's the fucking man. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. But then I think Nate, Nathan fans coming back and he said he's going to have some different stuff. So that'll be fun to go back and see. Uh, there's a few other guys that I, I, uh, I forget right now, but yeah, they got, they got some more good stuff before the, the season ends here. I really like
1: what Jeff's doing over there. I think it's a, it's a cool little, uh little club that he has mm-hmm okay it's
0: really cool yeah
1: we need more venues like that
0: yes yeah small intimate magic theaters yeah it's really fun um then uh, i guess the other magic note is i attended another palm springs magicians meeting oh okay um and this is the second one in a row that i was late for so that's always fun uh <laughs> but and it's in the notes uh, it's
1: in the it's in
0: the uh it's, it's in the notes. They record it. No, I don't know if it is. But my show that was supposed to be a half hour, this is why I was late again, because I did the show for two people, and um, it was supposed to go from 5.45 to 6.15, and then they wanted to just do a full hour, about 15 minutes into it, so we did a full hour. So I got there at like 7.15, a full hour, 15 minutes late, which I figured like they usually don't they don't always go the full two hours. So I thought I might miss this whole thing, but I still went anyways, just in case. And so I went and it was the largest crowd that I've seen there by a lot. There might have been like 12 people there. Oh, wow, uh, that's so like double. Still right? not large, but yeah, yeah, it's like double what there has been. So I walk in an hour 15 minute late and see a bunch of new people. I'm like, oh, uh,
1: they're like, asshole. oh, this
0: guy's late. <laughs> Look at this. Bitch. This fucking this young dumbass. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I bet he sucks. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: he can't even show up to a magic meeting on time i bet i bet he doesn't take this seriously
0: so i i grabbed a chair and sat out and sure enough War- warren was uh up uh finishing a demonstration of a trick and he usually at least in the meetings i've been to he usually goes last and so sure enough that was the last one so i missed everyone's performance and what they had to share Um, and then I was asked if I wanted to share anything so I the theme was valentine's magic so either doing a trick that revolves around valentine's day or doing a uh, trick that you love and I did one of each I did a a version of any card at any number by helder where um, a, a match is used to you you light a match and blow it out at the deck, and that's the magical moment in which the card gets transferred into the, that spot in the deck. And then we go and find that the card is there. And then when you open the matchbook back up, a duplicate card of a different color is found inside the matchbook from a freely selected card. It's a great routine. So I shared that with them, and then I did... This one is kind of Valentine's themed. I did the one where you can have a spectator shuffle a deck, and we use the cards to create a random phone number yeah. and they call that number and it ends up being my cell phone.
1: And this is something that, uh, is that a Paul Harris thing?
0: That is Paul Harris thing. It's called cellmates by Paul Harris. And he has um, a very flirty way of performing it. And it'd be, it's a fun way to do it on a girl that you like or someone you want to get the phone number too. I performed it in a little less flirty way considering I was performing for <laughs> older male magicians. Uh, but you should, it, I, uh, I'm going to disagree with your
1: choice in uh performance. I, or... you know,
0: I, I kind of, I kind of disagree with it too. I should have just done the flirty way, but I honestly, to, I don't perform it the flirty way majority of the time anyways. So just cause I, I don't know. It doesn't fit my style as well. It's a good way to, to network on, too. I don't know if you've ever used it for that. Um, I have actually. Yeah, it's a it's, it's kind of a it's it's a very forceful way of getting someone's phone number. Well, I mean, yeah, you know? like it's I, it's it doesn't seem forceful, but if you want someone's phone number and they are interested in magic, you will get their phone number. <laughs>
1: That's true, whereas like arguably it's more direct to just straight up ask, but that's that's not a guaranteed way to get it, whereas you're doing a guaranteed can, way to get it.
0: They can say no or give you a fake one. This one, like there's no option. you're if the trick starts, if you start doing the trick, you're gonna get their phone number
1: because it proves that's their number by the end of it, right?
0: Well, because they have to use their phone to call oh you. right, yeah, so right, so it's a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. So unless you put your phone number in incorrectly, it's you're going to get it, which I've mistakenly done.
1: <laughs> Speaking of phone numbers, uh, if you are a listener and you'd uh, like to give us your phone number, please uh, <laughs> send it to us uh, via email or you could just please send us an us. email.
0: Please just send us an email with your phone number and then and we'll call you. Um, we'll give you a call. We'll give you a ring a ding ding. Uh, maybe talk about a potential mystery
1: box that you might be able to win up to $10,000. Yeah. Cash.
0: Maybe we'll, maybe we'll bring you on air on the flaming melon pod.
1: Yeah. Maybe we'll just derail the whole thing. Call it. Yeah. Maybe we'll get on. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it. Maybe we'll just open up a phone book, start calling random people.
0: I'm not opposed to that. Actually, I got a phone book. I got a phone book delivered to my house the other day. Which I didn't know they still did that. I thought that they oh. stopped, to be honest. Yeah. I I pulled in after work one day and there's a phone book sitting in my driveway. Just in, in the driveway? Day. Rap. Yeah. Just sitting in the driveway, middle middle of the driveway.
1: <laughs> maybe maybe it was uh maybe a car turned into it. Maybe it was uh
0: maybe Jeff was doing something. Um, that's possible. There's actually a great routine with a phone book. I think I talked talked about this last week. Because we did big big trick energy, but Wes Barker does a fantastic trick with a phone book on Penn and Teller's Fool Us. Oh That's yeah, good. So there's your second reminder to check that out, and I will remind you next week too. Please do. Um,
1: I will keep bringing up phone books um, <laughs> subliminally until I watch it.
0: Excellent. Uh, yeah, he actually Wes actually ended up teaching that routine on his YouTube channel, and he says the reason why is he doesn't do it anymore because phone books are pretty obsolete. So. That's he, fair. He I mean, the, he, yeah, I thought that was a good reason. And I, I did watch it. And it's a, it's a very fascinating uh, uh, trick. Very simple workings, but a beautiful stage performance.
1: I don't think that there's that many magicians who have revealed how they have fooled Penn and Teller on YouTube where anybody can see it.
0: Right. Funny enough, I think Eric LeClaire has done that, too. So two of those guys. From- well, the apple
1: doesn't fall far from the tree.
0: There you go. Yeah, I don't know of anyone else that has, but I know those two.
1: I mean there's there's a vast amount of magicians who have released effects that they use to fool Penitower right.
0: after right. fooling
1: them with it as like a marketing tool, yes. I guess.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think of the what is it, Adam Wilbur, the the Bill, the trick. Clone? Bill. Yeah. Yeah, clone. Yeah. Can...
1: yeah. Um, um, um Paul Gertner, I think, uh has released oh, multiple yeah. um John.
0: I think Paul Gerner's been on there five times.
1: He's fooled him most of the times,
0: right? Mm, two.
1: Two? Okay. So, yeah, you suck, Paul. That's pretty much what
0: we're saying right there. The, um, the guy the guy who's fooled him the most, he's been on four times, is Hondro. And he's fooled him all four times. I've heard of him, but I don't think
1: I've seen any uh, of his performances.
0: He is excellent. Excellent. Yeah, he, uh, Penn and Teller actually do a trick in their stage show right now that was created by Hondro. And they talk about him a little bit and then do this routine.
1: Oh, that's cool. Show.
0: Yeah, it is cool. Actually, you know what? Not only that, but they also do a trick in their stage show right now that was created and done by a magician on Fool Us. That's also pretty cool,
1: right? So Fool Us is just a tool for them to... Uh... That's They just
0: get their material there. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's uh I think uh, Wes Eisley is the guy's name. He went on Penn and Teller Fool Us and did this fantastic routine that involves the entire audience and a coin and he fooled Penn and Teller with it. And oh. Penn loved it Penn loved it so much that he asked if him and Teller could do it in the show and they do it in their show and I I saw them do it live in their show. Uh, last year and it is phenomenal it is such a you would
1: explain this one to me uh in the past but i had no idea that it was uh it was from a us performance yeah it's from Wes, Wes eisley on Us. shout
0: out to Wes eisley um mm-hmm. yeah that's got to be a cool feel- feeling to go on penn and teller fool them and then have them like the trick so much they do it in their stage show i mean that's the ultimate
1: you made ultimate it compliment. at that point you made it yeah yeah
0: yeah if you if you're a fan of Penn and Teller, you've made it. There's no greater greater feeling than that.
1: Because they are like the they're like the last word on if something is
0: good or not in magic. Yeah, yeah, I think for a lot of people that's that's definitely true. Certainly is for me. Um, in other non-magic related news, I'd like to report to you that I successfully made a pizza without dropping it on the floor.
1: Oh, that's one out of, that's one out of, uh, how many?
0: It's one out of, th- one out of three. No, it's, it's several <laughs> out of a lot, but. Okay. So, I mean, it's not, it's
1: not, uh, we'll say that you're above average in the pizza drop in uh, category, but.
0: Uh, yeah. You know, just a little context for our listeners. Um, I have, I have dropped two pizzas on the floor in the span of less than a year, which I don't know. I guess it doesn't sound that crazy, but it's, The circumstances around it were pretty funny. The first the first one was last summer on my one year anniversary of becoming vegan. And I made this vegan pizza just in the oven and I pulled it out of the oven and completely dropped it just face down on the floor, Uh, picked it up. Obviously, all the toppings and cheese were on the floor. Um, So that sucked. And I don't remember what I made after that. And then just the other week, I was FaceTiming with Patrick and we were working on some stage material and I pulled the pizza out of the oven and dropped it kind of against a cabinet and a lot of it got on the floor. And that was the first
1: time I had uh, heard of the pizza dropping thing. Um, And then and then you told me that that was not the first time. Um, (laughs) I don't know many people who have dropped full pizza, maybe a slice. I'll give you a slice. I'm sure uh we've all dropped a slice on the floor, you know it's it happens, but a whole pizza
0: whole pizza, yeah, I like to take it out one handed because I'm a badass and i I've, I've dropped it doing that
1: so uh if you had a uh a piece of advice, we'll say a pizza advice um a piece of pizza advice for pizza uh connoisseurs in the audience um uh uh-huh. what would it be like if you had if you um, can give it, them any if you learned something that they might want to know what would it be
0: uh, very easy actually very very easy piece of advice is to use a tray to hold your pizza in the oven because i i just put them in there on the racks and so when I bring it out, I'm not, I don't pull out the whole rack. I just kind of slide the rack out and then slide the pizza onto my oven mitt. So I'm just balancing the pizza on one hand without using a tray. So it gets kind of floppy or it can get a little floppy. You need to cook your pizza, pizza longer. How long you, well, floppy is the wrong word, but it's heavy. And if I tilt it in one direction, the toppings – Start to slide because it's still really warm. Yeah. And then it feels floppy because it's getting heavy on one side and then I drop it. So just use a pizza tray Use (laughs) is the main. For God's sake, just
1: use a pizza tray. People, you don't want to end up like Lucas with your pizza on the floor on your one year vegan anniversary and you're just thinking, what am I going to eat now?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. So use a pizza tray. Keep those pizzas safe. Don't let them hit the floor. Let them hit your mouth. And your stomach and then the toilet. Let the pizzas hit the floor. Let the pizzas
1: hit the floor. Let the pizzas nope. hit the Stop it. <laughs> okay, I won't I will continue. Okay.
0: Yeah, so oh, you know what? I it what um uh, <laughs> mm, uh, that's my favorite I just, song. I just had a brain malfunction.
1: Um Me what too, else you got through, going through on? that. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, makes i sense. I have a lot of TikTok songs stuck in my head. Um, I've been oh okay. So on a real note, well, that that was a real note. I do have some TikTok. I have some conspiracies around TikTok and the songs, and uh, we're gonna save that for another week. Um. So on a on a real note, I've been uh, considering. Um, Trying to write stand-up comedy again, um, okay, and take it to some open mics.
0: That sounds fun.
1: But there's just not. Uh, I one thing that's just held me back from it is I have to travel a decent distance to to be able to hit spots like the. There might be some in Kalamazoo, which is like 20 minutes away. There might be like one spot that. I mean, with COVID, everything's weird, so there's not that many open mics, anyways. But There might only be like one spot in Kalamazoo that does them, um, for comedy. Um, Mm. there are just, there's no comedy clubs, I should say. There might be some bars that do it. Um, so I've just kind of been, I've thought like, well, I don't really have solid enough material to drive like an hour, um, to perform it. And, you know, I just didn't feel confident in, but I'm starting to realize that, you know, maybe I should just do, I should just write some stuff and just, just go out of my way, travel however far I need to, and just, uh, you know, get on stage and
0: I bet it'd be really fun.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I, uh, I'm not sure if I would want to try to incorporate magic into it or not. I think that might be too much of a safety net. Um, Like, I know it would like I've had enough experience doing comedy and magic together. The magic kind of is a crutch for me to like, at least I have something salt, like at least something cool is going to happen. Something interesting is going to happen. But over time, I've I've gone heavier on the comedy and the comedy is the more the most entertaining part of what I'm doing, probably Um, or equal parts magic and comedy, I should say. So, I'm considering mm-hmm. just writing a writing a set without it um but i'm not I'm not sure, and I don't really know where to start, but I'm just voicing that now uh, i I think I'm gonna try to start writing again um
0: yeah nice I like it yeah that's um definitely I would be very intimidated trying to do comedy without magic um, because there's no safety. Right, yeah, exactly. There's nothing to fall back on that's like at least um you know fun to watch, like you just gotta you gotta get up there and and be funny.
1: I guess I could you know, I could just have like a backup like comedy magic routine if everything just bombs, but
0: right, yes, yes, but it'd be cool to go out there with nothing, yeah, just just balls to the wall.
1: I think I might uh. I'll start writing and see if I, uh, I guess I just don't know the direction because the, the magic also gives you a little bit of a, like the plots with the magic kind of allow you to build from that, even if it's not directly related right. to what you're doing. So right. without that, I just don't know where to start, you know, cause there's so many different yeah. things you could talk about.
0: Yeah. I guess you just got to pick a topic that you enjoy talking about or something that would be funny. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is easier with magic cuz you obviously there's a whole structured act surrounding uh the details of the comedy. So And there's a
1: lot of pressure I mean, I guess at an open mic not so much because everybody's just, you know, there's the the bar is low or a lot lower. Right. Right. But uh in terms of like a real comedy set at like a club, maybe a let's say an Let's say an open mic night at a comedy club, so that's a little bit their expectations are a little bit higher because they're at a place where they're where they're known for comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Um I just don't know if I want to be booed, you know?
0: <laughs> I've never been booed before. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's that would suck in the moment, but I think it would be also funny to look back on.
1: Well, ironically, it'd be but, funny. Not in the <laughs> moment, but... Because I'd be booed.
0: You would be booed. Yeah, I want I don't, I, I don't th- I said I was I going to say, I don't think that'll happen, but...
1: Well, I appreciate that. I've definitely had a lot of success trying humor on stage and just kind of ad-libbing on stage. Um yes. As well as writing material as well, but... It's, uh, I don't know. I just got to find a, I just got to have a starting point. Like I got to have a, an idea of, I just have to have a, I guess just a starting point and then everything will kind of go through there. I think I'd, I think I'd be good at doing crowd work cause I kind of already do it to an extent mm-hmm. when I perform, but just to, just to go a hundred percent on it would be, uh, Different, but I, uh, I've i been suggested to, to do it, um, even from like way a long time ago. Um, Michael Finney, uh, you know him?
0: I don't. I know the, the name sounds familiar, but I don't.
1: So he's uh, he's like a bit, he's more so on the, he's a comedy magician, right? Okay. But he's, he's more so on the stand-up comedy side, but also some strong magic. But he's just really good at working a crowd back when i was in iowa uh for a convention one year he was there and he saw the my part of the youth showcase and he uh there was this like later on in the night there was this special thing where he got up on stage. like he was one of the headliners there and he uh he actually called me out um and gave me some props for trying stand up on stage um Nice. And then later on I talked to him and he told me to to just to just start doing open mics. I never listened to him. But now you're gonna. Well, I'm gonna think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh is is when I when I have a when I have like a I don't know, five to ten minutes that I just feel good about, then I'll I'll definitely uh Yeah. And then Nice. And then I'll just uh, from there. I'll just as I'm as I perform more through those types of settings. I'm sure. I mean, a lot of comics they they write they kind of write their material. They have a base of material, but some of the writing happens on stage through different moments that happen on the fly. Um, whether it's like an audience interaction or just something they think of, and then they just kind of put that in in the back of their head and then use it again. So then it becomes a script. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Right.
1: It's intimidating, but you know what? I'm saying it now. I'm going to, I'm going to work towards that.
0: Well, I look forward to that. I look forward to hearing some of that material and, and uh, hopefully hearing about an experience on your open mic.
1: Yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll stay tuned on that. I'm sure I'll run some stuff by you uh, before I even get to that point. So we'll talk about it for sure
0: well i've have, i have one more thing i wanna <clears throat> i wanna bre- mention before we get into the ad read um i just wanna say how excited I am for the new Batman movie coming out, which comes out in five weeks four weeks oh just over a month yeah um my my roommate the other day while he was shopping he uh sorry I was away from my mic there he uh he picked up this for me, which is the Hot Wheels of the, the new Batmobile. Oh, that's so cool. He knows how excited, knows how excited I am for, for this movie coming out. The new Batmobile um, does look awesome. Uh, it does look really good. It's like a super modded Mustang. I don't know. It's crazy looking. But I'm very pumped for it. And leading up to it on each of these Fridays starting today, I'm going to watch an old Batman movie.
1: And will that get you caught up or will you? Uh, will well, you- this is
0: a totally new Batman it has nothing to do with
1: it. Well, I guess what I mean is, will you finish? Will you watch everything by then or?
0: No, 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 no. Oh, God, there's no. too there's many. There's so many Batman movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to watch my favorites. I'm going to watch Joker, which obviously is not a Batman movie, but uh, I just like it. And it's, it's similar enough. Um, and then I'm going to watch the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, which is the ones with uh, Christian Bale. So Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, which I think are the last good Batman movies that we've had. Yeah, I mean, I kind of just,
1: I kind of just didn't watch anything after that, really.
0: Yeah, I did. I watched some of them, but they're not. I don't know. They're, they're not what I'm looking for. There was some the, people really love love them.
1: Was the so Joker aside? Was the last Batman movie the one
0: versus Superman? No, there's a couple others after that. That was a big one that came out in 2016. But yeah, Zack Snyder is a director who made a lot of them with. That's when Ben Affleck was playing Batman. Um, He made quite a few movies that had Batman. But I, I think the last good one was with Christian Bale when Christopher Nolan was directing. And that came out. The last one came out in 2012 that he made. So it's been 10 years. That's a good one. And normally I don't get super worked up over superhero movies for, I, you know, I don't tend to enjoy them as much as other movies. I did see the new Spider-Man, which is amazing. And I know you're going to see that um, and you'll enjoy it too, but man, I just love Batman. So hopefully this one's good. It looks really good.
1: Yeah. Big, big hopes for this next uh, upcoming yeah.
0: Batman. I think Robert Pattinson is going to fucking kill it. I think he could be the best live-action Batman we've seen. He's done some really cool roles. We'll see. Yeah, he's he's done a lot of cool roles, especially recently. The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. Comes to, the Lighthouse comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: But, I n- I've never seen yeah. Twilight. I've never seen the, what actually got him famous
0: yeah i never have either they're not great from all the courts but but he is great he's a great actor
1: you needless to say we're team edward on this one we're team edward
0: oh absolutely we're team robert we're team robert pattinson plus he's just a handsome guy yeah he's he's a good-looking man what can i say looking man and
1: that's you know. What can I say?
0: You're not gonna have an ugly Bruce Wayne.
1: <laughs> well, just just wait,
0: just wait. They're gonna they're gonna I surprise know,
1: everybody know. soon.
0: All right. Um, should we talk about our new sponsor this week? Let me piss. <laughs> okay. Cut that Go out ahead. please. I'll. <laughs> Please cut that out. We'll we'll take a little break. I have this issue where I drink so much water in the morning. Oh, I've <clears throat> I've done that too.
1: You're on a diet. <laughs>
0: I'm cut I'm cutting back water. I'm not drinking water right now.
1: Yeah, we're gonna put a we're gonna put a <laughs> Breaking news. We are putting a ban on water. Do not drink it. It is contaminated. No matter where you find it, it is not good.
0: Stop drinking water now. Stop it. Do not drink the water. It will kill you. It will kill you. Do not drink water.
1: Please stop drinking water. This has been your warning. Okay. Well, I guess this is a, this is a good way for the podcast to make uh, national
0: news. Uh, if we have any <laughs> listeners who uh... people stop drinking water because of a podcast called the Flaming Melon. Hey, I all mean, right. Um, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> if
1: if a couple people die for us to gain success, I mean, is that uh, is... is that
0: a bad thing? Um, I, um yes. But how we're, many people die every not... day? I mean. Yeah, exactly. Come on. I'm just Come gonna on. Make they it clear. die for us.
1: I'm gonna make it clear that this is a uh this is not a joke. This is true. You should stop drinking water. Uh
0: yeah, no, this isn't a joke. Fucking enough with the water. Oh, please enough. Please it's die. Kill you.
1: <laughs> um We're just gonna ask all of our listeners to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, you know at some point they will. So. Yep. So, so hey, might as, so well, we.
1: might as well be today, you know? Um uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I need to I need to say that I am kidding um just for the record. Just
0: for just for legal purposes.
1: <laughs> please please drink water and stay alive. That was uh was a note from our lawyers that we need to to mention. Uh, yeah. As you guys know, we do have our lawyers on the phone at all
0: times. They are constantly moderating what we're saying <laughs> yeah. because we're idiots. So, um, okay. Anyways, we got a new we got a new ad read for you guys. We got a new new sponsor this week because we can't retain anyone. But um, here we go. And how else do we pay for? I mean, lawyers are expensive. So we need we
1: need lawyers. And so we got to keep them paid. Yeah. Yeah, we got to pay them something. Whether it's like in uh, cheese nips, not even cheese. It's so we can't afford that. We pay them in cheese nips.
0: Yeah, the off-brand, yeah, but they lo- they like them.
1: They I wouldn't them. I wouldn't say off-brand, but I would say cheaper contender. Oh, I like
0: that. That's nice. That's a good way of putting it.
1: Uh, we do have a Lucas is right though. We do have a great
0: sponsor today. Fantastic. Yeah, let's talk about him. All right. So let me. I'm just gonna ask you a few questions. Oh, um why? Have you ever uh, cosplayed as a goose? Yes. Um, do Do you own a goose? Yes. Do you know a goose? No. Um, That's odd because you own one. Um, are you friends with a goose? Mm. Are you enemies with a goose? Yes. Are you a goose? <sighs> yes. Are you goose affiliated in any fashion? You could say that. Are you fashionable? No. Are you a fashionable goose? Prefer not to respond. Are you... I- Are you into geese fashion? Oh, definitely. Do you own a funny hat? Yes. Uh, (laughs) Do you own a goose hat? No. Does your goose own a hat? You'd have to ask them. Oh, okay. Um, Are you affiliated with a goose that wears a hat?
1: Prefer not to respond.
0: Uh, have you ever sung the Turkish national anthem in the rain? Every day. Ha- We're getting all this rain. I'm in London. Have, have you ever rained down a song onto a turkey? That's gonna- Are you listening? <laughs> no. Okay, can, you, can you hear what I'm saying? You're muted. Be- yeah. <laughs> It's very clear. All right. We are talking about the goose, the, the goose, the goose haberdashery. That's right. Goose haberdashery creates custom drip for your goose or you, if you are a goose, that's right. Custom hats for geese. I'll tell you, I am sick of going into Tim Hortons and not seeing any hats that would properly outfit a goose. I am sick of going into Columbus, Ohio and not seeing any hats that would properly outfit a goose. But I see so many geese. I see so many geese there. It makes no it makes no sense. And it pisses me off, quite frankly. So we're just we're trying to change that um, designer hats for geese, different shapes, styles, colors, smells, taste, textures. Textiles. I'm talking about quality and customization. I am sick of seeing so many geese. Frankly, I think they are suspicious and in fact they make me uncomfortable. Um why? Why is that? Yeah, that's honestly. Uh the golf course that I work out in New Jersey has just hundreds of geese and they kind of sit on the sides of the fairway and just watch me hit golf balls. And I'm just like, what do you, what are you, what are you doing? Stop watching me. You're making me uncomfortable. You're making me nervous. Are you judging me Are any of you a PGA professional? What's, what's going on? Does that have to do with paranoia
1: uh, at all? Maybe you need to watch season uh, four of Dynasty. Uh, Dutch.
0: <sighs> I've been streaming it every day, uh, 24 hours since we've talked about it and I'm still paranoid as fuck. But, um, we're going to keep going with this ad read. So you, uh, let me tell you, you know, what would make me really uncomfortable is, uh, oh, excuse me. Um, I use the wrong word. You know, what would make me comfortable? Okay. Um, in terms of geese, because they make me uncomfortable. Right. If I saw a goose getting its swag on with a fresh fit. That would make me comfortable. Yeah. Okay. I would, I would feel comfortable. If those geese at Liberty National out in New Jersey were wearing some fucking fresh fits, I would feel so much better. So and a fresh fit starts with the hat. oh yeah what what were you what were you gonna say? yeah, I was just curious what a what a fresh fit consisted of. yeah, it starts with a hat um and you know it's not just gonna make me feel comfortable. it's gonna make the goose feel
1: comfortable. Oh wow, that's thoughtful then that, now that is the yeah. most thoughtful
0: but but wait, but wait, here's the twist here's oh, no. the twist. Oh there's a twi- is it okay. Here, here's the twist. You as a customer will get to sponsor your own goose, and your monthly payments will allow the goose to wear any hat it wants and finally stop living such a useless existence. Your sponsorship will provide a goose with purpose. So this is great. Obviously, geese geese cannot pay for hats themselves because they do not live within the capitalistic society that we have built as humans. They also don't have um, hands, so they can't use they cash. also – Yeah, they don't have hands, but they're going to be able to put a hat on. Um, May we all strive to live with as much purpose as Goose wearing a killer lid. If you have a heart, you will participate in this venture with us. And if you don't, go die. Um, You're probably already dead. And... (laughs) And with our coupon code, you'll get a free postcard with a picture of the goose you sponsored fitted with its new hat and sense of purpose.
1: Oh, so it's like when you it's like when you sponsor like. Like, let's say, like a uh,
0: impoverished child. Right. Yeah, you can sponsor that. They have um, like farm sanctuaries where you can adopt symbolically, like adopt a rescued cow or turkey. So it's kind of similar to that except this is this has to do with fresh fresh lids. Um so that's the twist there. But um the the price here is, it's only $4,500 a month. That's $4,500 a month um and you can change the life of a goose that's only $54,000 a year. Um and there I'll tell you there's there's no price on the happiness of geese. Okay. That's true. No price. Now that is a selling yeah. point right there. So yeah, maybe just maybe if we can get enough people to sponsor the geese, maybe they will finally shut the fuck up. All right. You know, 54,000,
1: um, do you think $54,000 is a is a reasonable price? Seems a little high. Very.
0: No, I think it's low if anything.
1: Well, and um, you know, a, a lot of people out there may not be able to afford that type of uh, you know, it's like double uh it's like double or triple a mortgage payment um a month.
0: Well, here's the thing. These hats are fucking fresh and they cost a lot of money. So, um, that's the majority of the money is going towards the hats. Um, and then, uh, you know, like a third's going towards the geese just to sponsor them and get, get their photographs taken. So but, um, yeah, we do. It, it costs a lot of money to take these photographs. Yeah. We, it's a professional photographer that we hire, um, and they, they charge a lot of money And uh, you know, cause working with geese is difficult. So
1: yeah. And if you, if you can't afford it, um, maybe you should stop drinking water, um,
0: yeah uh and you know you're wasting your money on water quit buying bottled water and save up for uh some fresh lids for geese. Save the environment but, uh, too um
1: but okay let me let me say this you know it is understandable you know that some people cannot afford it you know we we do understand that you know we as much as we tell you to go die we do understand that and you know right I just want to point out that there are plenty of systems to get loans. And, you
0: know, take out a loan. Well said. Yeah. You know, if you don't have the funds currently, there are ways of getting those funds. So go find out a way to get yourself $54,000 and um, and help some geese help and, some geese and fly. If your credit's low and you can't get a loan, just steal it. So um, it's like a Robin Hood. I'm going to tell, st- tell you where to go for this. Okay. Um so the website here is today's dot xxx. I think that's habanero. Ha- habanero. <laughs> I thought I thought it was uh ha- haberdashery. Uh so it's it's habanero today's dot xxx um forward slash geese need to shut up and know their place at gmail.com forward slash. Free free charles manson um so again that's habanero titas titas is spelled t-i-t-t-a-y-s dot x x could you for, pronounce forward. that word again yeah habanero titas um <laughs> forward slash geeks need to shut the fuck up another place at gmail.com forward slash free charles manson um and use this code this is a scam say goodbye to your money just kidding it's real please support the cause um So use that code and you'll get it. You'll get a free postcard after you put down your yearly dues of a mere $54,000. Yeah. And uh, together, together we can stop industrial fishing. And I'm actually, um, this this might seem a little offbeat, but I would like to conclude this ad read with a, a poem about industrial fishing.
1: Oh, I would love to hear it.
0: Okay, great. Um, as you know, I since going vegan um, do, no, no no longer support industrial fishing, and i I would like to put a stop to industrial fishing because it is depleting our re- oceanic resources. It is killing um, wildlife that does not want to die. It is it's it's wreaking havoc. Okay. So I'm gonna give you a little poem. Um, this this is uh, a little more mainstream. This is an issue that not only vegans are upset about, but pretty much anyone. This is a poem about the um, the Japanese fishing industry killing whales oh. and um, and and brutally be um, brutally killing them and bringing them closer to extinction. So I'm ready. to we go. I'm ready. Whales. Big, lovable balloons. Drifting through the ocean. all they want is love. The Japanese, the Japanese. Hard-working, brutal, mischievous, mischievous. All they want is to kill the whales. Kill the whales. The whales. The whales. Big in stature, large in the mind, cannot escape the industrial advancements of the Japanese. The Japanese. Will we see them? No. Past the year 2040? Maybe. Probably not. No. Stop industrial fishing. Well, wow. there you have it. So, you know, obviously stop killing whales, but also just stop eating fish and stop drinking water. Um, so yeah, like leave uh, it, do both need, of those things. Leave the water
1: <laughs> for the fish. Come on. They need it.
0: Yeah, they need them. More they need you. the water. They need the water and they also need you to not kill them. So um, do both of those things. Kill yourself. Uh, just kidding. Don't do that. Uh,
1: <laughs> fish need water <laughs> to breathe.
0: So we don't need uh, water to breathe. In fact,
1: if we no, breathe water, we die.
0: Exactly. You try to go swim in the ocean for twenty four hours. You'll die in like ten minutes. I have. Yeah, it's exactly. So I'm not even alive. They, yeah. Patrick's been dead for a long time.
1: Yeah. I'm just uh what they did was they actually took um they took a small a smaller man and they uh they kinda they kinda gutted me out and they they fit them inside of me. Um in fact it's actually two small men. Standing on top of one of them On the shoulders of the other And then it's kind of like this animatronic thing Where they just kind of pull some levers And uh, you know I talk And um, Yeah that was uh, not supposed to be shared But um, The Russians did it It was the I have two small Russian men inside of me Um, Not the first time Um,
0: No it's not
1: so stop. No it is not. Stop industrial fishing and sponsor a goose.
0: Yeah, sponsor a goose, give them that fresh fit. Um they would appreciate it. So Yeah, that being said, uh we hope we uh, stick with the sponsor. I think they're a great great company doing great things for the uh animal life, the bird kingdom. Um Penny
1: last words for but, the uh, for the Japanese.
0: Yeah, fucking stop killing whales. You're going to you're going to cause them to go extinct they are a beautiful animal that do not deserve to die we do not need to eat them you can eat other stuff don't eat whales um yeah i'm i'm
1: actually so i'm I'm curious about this um okay are are whales primarily used for meat there or is it like uh i know there's there's other things like I don't know if soap is still a thing that they use whales for.
0: Um, yeah, they do, but it's pr- primarily food. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they eat them. Yep. Yeah. Which at one point in my life I would have thought would be very interesting to try to eat a whale just as an exotic food, but now it's just like, what the fuck? Why? Why are we eating whales? Like this is just so unnecessary, and we're gonna. I mean, they're gonna go extinct because of us. And they're arguably,
1: like, one of the coolest uh, oh, sea amazing.
0: species. They're amazing. Actually, I've seen one in real life. It was when I was working at Bandon Dunes in Oregon. Um, the golf courses there on the coast of Oregon. And I was – hole 12 has a green that is right on the cliff next to the ocean. And then the 13th tee is right behind that green. So we had just finished hole 12, and we go up to the 13th tee. I was playing with another one of the interns, uh, Jacob and – we uh, i i saw it and i think he turned and caught it too but i was just looking at the ocean and saw a whale just breach out in the ocean in the distance just this fucking humongous creature i was like holy shit that's crazy it was it was pretty insane yeah i never (laughs) thought i would see one in oregon but uh i I don't think it could have been anything else (laughs) just with the size of it but yeah it was amazing
1: so shout out to whales um yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So what are we, uh, what are we talking about this week in our entertainment review? Oh, this is possibly
1: the, the most important, the most important uh, review we've done. Um, possibly the, the, the coolest thing that I've watched personally. Um, As the shell of a man with two Russian small men inside of me. Um, This is uh, this is Chris Angel Mind Freak season one, episode three.
0: Yes. And I will tell you, I have not so similar feelings. I, I originally when we were thinking about doing the entertainment review as part of the podcast, I was most excited about going through Mind Freak and just making fun of it because of how bad it is and now it is my least favorite thing to do because i hate watching it cuz it's so bad i thought it would be funny but it's it's not even so bad that it's funny it's it's just bad it's just bad
1: it's one of those things where we we uh we <laughs> we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about like hey you know we uh we should probably episode uh, we should probably watch another episode of mind freak but then we're both like Mm. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I have a feeling the season season 1 is probably the worst season in terms of uh, I mean, yeah.
0: Entertainment I know life. there will be I know there will be some episodes in the future that are genuinely entertaining because they're so funny. But we're not there yet. We are <laughs> yeah, not there yet. You've got a, um, We're on
1: episode 3 <laughs>
0: oh, of season gosh. 1. Um I have a confession to make. You didn't watch about, it. About No, I did watch it. No, but I did not night. take notes. I did not take notes because I just did not want to. So I watched it yesterday and I just watched it in my living room as I was cleaning my house. <laughs> and um uh, I mean, I was pretty attentive. Like it's my living room. You're one just running the back. But- <laughs> yeah, I watched it. <laughs> Uh, watch yeah, I of- watched it. I I had headphones in, just listening to a pod. <laughs>
1: yeah, while you're vacuuming. Yeah, it was
0: on my TV while I was in the room. Um, <laughs> no, I I did watch it, but I will probably have you give the bullet points of the episode, and then we will discuss further, just in case I remember the order incorrectly. But yeah, that's totally this fine. episode. This episode has a Houdini theme, and he <sighs> opens up with a little monologue about Houdini and how he's going to an attempt, attempt an escape that um, was kind of made famous by Houdini with a little modification of his own.
1: Yeah, I mean, as everybody knows, it starts with, uh, you know, the, the classic warning, you know, you shouldn't be attempting any of this at home um, because you might end
0: up famous like Chris Angel. Um, and then all magicians will hate you.
1: Well, we don't hate so, him.
0: No, we don't hate him. But I can't... But we I, don't
1: i can only Don't like them well i can only imagine um how because we when well you didn't really even watch much of it back then um, i never did but i can only imagine what magicians who were developed like how we may be now or you know i can only imagine like if we watched this back then with the knowledge that we have now, or if, or if back then magicians who were like full-time pros watching it, I wonder what they felt about it. I can only imagine that they disliked it a lot.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially ones, you know, especially one like Houdini where he's kind of diving into a little bit of history, um, about one of the most famous magicians of all time, maybe the, probably the most famous magician of all time, actually. Um, and uh the best escape artist of of his day and just an icon in the magic world and he's uh i wouldn't say he's like slandering houdini in any way but it's also like... He's putting himself I,
1: above Houdini, clearly.
0: Yeah, he's he's trying to make himself seem as like, I am the next Houdini. Houdini. Which we... That does happen in magic. He's not the only magician to do that. I can recall other magicians like, you know, one of the greatest card mechanics of the early 1900s was uh S.W. Erdnase. And there are magicians in the modern day. I'm not even going to say a name, but... Our magicians modern day that claim to be the better urnace. oh like daniel madison I, like this uh <laughs> yes um which look he's fucking great he's, he's much better than chris angel daniel madison is a phenomenal card mechanic and and card cheat but i don't know i just it's just very pretentious and very weird to try to put yourself above an absolute legend you know that's
1: true. That is really true and I think Daniel Madison he he uh I think he goes for the shock value. Like he he had the he had the whole like magic is dead trending thing. Right. Um and you know maybe to an extent Chris Angel was, you know, he was trying to get a rise out of people in some way. Maybe he I don't know. Maybe I don't sometimes I wonder how self-aware he is in this.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Um, But yeah, so Chris starts off by talking about how uh, Houdini performed his milk can escape. Um, The first time he did it was in uh, 1908. And Chris says he's going to do his own version. And that uh, failure means death. And he poses the question, how long can you hold your breath? Um. The milk can escape is uh, pretty much you. You're in this can, this closed like metal can, right?
0: With your- yeah, it was, it's a it's a milk container, at least what they used to use to contain large quantities of milk. It's very it's it's a small can, and you are absolutely crammed inside there. You know, right? And it's you very uncomfortable. So who very do- dangerous escape?
1: Did Houdini have his hands above the can in in this too, or
0: was he fully? I don't, I don't know. I think he would have been fully in it, but I, I don't know. I don't know. know. I don't know enough about that. I've read some, some books on Houdini, but I can't, I can't recall.
1: I want to say that he was fully inside the can. Regardless, he was shackled up in multiple ways. um, And it was filled with water, I assume, unless he did it in milk. I don't know. Um, Probably in water. Um, you never know I'm going to assume it, it was some
0: weird escapes could have been milk
1: so pretty much he's submerged so he can't breathe until he gets out of the milk can which he's shackled in and cannot you know in a way where he can I don't know if there's locks that he there's probably locks in the milk can that he had to pick as well Um, aside from the shackles that he had yeah so in this pretty much um We'll we'll get we'll go for full circle with it. But just to give you a little overview, pretty much Chris's hands are above him like the, the so he's in this wine barrel.
0: Yeah, which is a little larger than a milk can. So he's got a little more room and he's got holes in the top of this milk or excuse me of this wine barrel where his hands are going to extend up and he's going to be handcuffed above the top of the barrel. So his hands can't come back inside the barrel until he uncuffs him. Right,
1: so his hands are essentially... His shackled hands are essentially keeping the wine barrel closed. Yes. Um, And he can get out if he manages to um, unlock himself. But we'll get back to that later. So, Lance Burton plays a large role in this episode, doesn't he?
0: He does, yes. The well-known stage
1: magician Lance Burton. Um, Didn't he have like one of the longest runs in
0: Vegas ever for a magician? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Penn and Teller have not have it now, but um, I think Lance is – he's still in Vegas. Lance
1: is. Yeah, he's still in the area or surrounding state. He's either in Nevada or like Arizona, but he still does like charity stuff. He's, he's kind of retired, but he still does – he still performs yeah. more. He does a lot of stuff for kids and also young magicians. Um, right. I know he does some seminars at some conventions. I met him once in, uh, oh, yeah. one of the years that I went to that Iowa convention that I mentioned so many times, very nice man. Um, but he did something questionable in this. Um, and that was, uh, say that if houdini was still around today he would look like chris and do what chris is doing yes that's not the only that's not the only uh, time that chris is alluded to uh to houdini by other people but
0: yeah uh yeah yeah i don't i don't know if Houdini would I who knows maybe Houdini would look like Chris and be doing this but and there's also I claims somehow, somehow doubt that
1: yeah there's so, but there's there's claims throughout the episode um that uh that Houdini didn't take much risk
0: yeah that's a weird <laughs> like like there is a certain level of safety for sure. Oh yeah, and definitely. most most of Houdini's escapes he knew he was going to be able to do pretty comfortably, but to say that he didn't take many risks, like there's definitely a few escapes and I can talk about one of them that he did that were that had a good level of risk, more, far more than Chris Angels, cuz Chris Angels are pretty much all faked. Right. So and he's on a safety you know, line? Yeah.
1: So he's yeah, he's hanging in this wine barrel like eight stories up or something, um, but even if he, even if he like fails, he's still attached to this safety line. That's, I know that's it was controlled. ridiculous.
0: So it's like, dude, the death was never an option. You getting hurt was never gonna happen, unless the safety like, line breaks. Like that's the level yeah, of risk he's working. There's at. there's instances where Houdini could have drowned or or uh, suffocated in a couple of escapes. So there there's um one of my favorite ones, this is in a biography that I read about Houdini. Um, I should have looked it up before the show just to get the details right. But uh, Houdini would claim to be able to escape from anything. And he would just put out challenges all the time, like bring him any pair of handcuffs, just bring him anything. He'll escape from it. He can, he can escape anything. So I don't remember where this was in the world, but someone caught this very strange, like sea monster, Type thing, like a Loch Ness monster, not not a huge, you know, dragon or anything, but like just a very unusual um, sea creature. I don't know if it was some form of whale or like what the fuck, like a giant squid or something. I I have no idea. Yeah, it was some large creature, and they wanted to put Houdini inside of it (laughs) and have him escape. That's hilarious! Wow, (laughs) isn't that bizarre? And they. So they shackle him up, handcuff him up, and they they I, I don't even know how they got him inside. I can't remember. But so they he put did it. Yeah, he did it. He they put him inside of this sea creature. What? And this is one he actually wasn't able to complete because you know you're just inside of like this stomach of a fucking creature, and there's all these guts and stuff, and the the fumes of this dead body were like too much for him. And he was like starting to suffocate inside of this, inside of this beast. So they had to cut him out. Just but he, the fumes, the fumes were going to kill him,
1: but he threw himself in us. Like he was, he was confident enough to throw himself in a truly like dangerous situation.
0: That yeah. He had never and done a truly, bizarre, truly bizarre situation too. I mean, what the fuck is that about? That's, you know, that's, that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, So he's, yeah, he definitely does stuff that's, that's, has some risk. You know, when you're challenging to escape from anything, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you're not going to escape something that's going over Niagara Falls because then there's actual death involved. But this one, there's still not death escaping from a sea monster, but it's still, you know, obviously he he could have died if he wasn't smart enough to, to say, Hey, you got to get me out of here. These fumes are going to kill me. Right.
1: But for, so for Chris to, to claim that, or, and for the, his team around him to claim that Chris is doing something that Houdini never did and that was take a risk. Like,
0: yeah,
1: like they, they made these claims that Houdini had, had pretty much a hundred percent safety or they made it sound extremely safe and they're making what Chris does sound extremely unsafe, even though it's. Right. Faker than anything that Houdini ever did. Right. But yeah. we'll we'll circle back to that towards the end. Um
0: So So what why don't you what what comes next? Do we get our first piece of close up here? Well, we get the déjà vu trick. Oh god.
1: <laughs> I forgot
0: about that one.
1: So pretty much Chris walks up to these uh, to he's he's walking through a hotel uh a hotel hallway with uh his team and he you know just by happenstance runs in, runs into these i think he runs into one couple of people and then another couple come up and he acts like like this is very on the fly when it clearly is uh a set yes. and it's even more clear that it's a setup by the end of it but you could already <laughs> tell at the beginning that it's a that it's not that it's staged. You, you can tell that it's staged. So pretty much he talks about deja vu with these people, uh, yada, yada, yada. Eventually he has one of the couples, one of the couples witnesses this and confirms that there's like, that it's a one shot that everything's happening in front of them as it seems on camera. The funny thing though, is when he says that, uh, as soon as he says that it's one continuous shot, Pretty much, like two seconds later, the angle changes for a second.
0: <laughs> Which, <laughs> right. It's not even. Yes.
1: That's. I mean, they eventually cut back to the same shot, but it's just funny that he says one continuous shot, and then they cut to some other. Then it cuts. Right. So he has. So he. One couple is the spectator, or is the audience, pretty much, and the other couple is asked to. Um, I don't know if they close their eyes or something, but they're asked to think about deja vu and the last time they experienced deja vu and whatever he then gets close to the camera blocking the majority of what's behind him for just a second and then he backs away and they're standing far down the hallway um where they were back when he first uh back when you first saw them walking up so they pretty much teleport back in time to when they were across the hallway
0: yeah 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 in in a in an instant they're fifty feet further back down the hallway right it's, one continuous not... shot <laughs> yeah one continuous shot Chris happens to block the camera when it happens it's i it's so bad like how could anyone how could anyone believe that this is actually possible like this is just such an obvious fake it's it's maddening. I want to know what the budget is because
1: the actors I don't know if they're getting paid or if they're getting paid they're getting ripped off no matter what they the agency is paying them the Chris is getting ripped off on these actors they're so bad they're they're so mm-hmm. or maybe they I don't know you it's hard to I guess that's one of those things it's just kind of hard to act in a in a situation where fake magic is happening like it's hard to have a it's it's easy to see a fake reaction I guess. It's it's hard to it's hard to re it's hard to uh create that and make it feel real. Yeah.
0: You need to be an incredibly skilled actor to make that feel real. You know.
1: And most of the time in the show it just feels so forced and the the emotions a lot of it's the emotions that's coming behind what like what they're saying rather than what they say.
0: Yeah. The, just they the, try to cover it up with like intense music too. like, yeah. you know, in contrast, when you watch David Blaine and he's doing real stuff, there's really hardly ever any music. It's just the people reacting genuinely and just showcasing their reaction, which is you don't need anything over the top of that because that's powerful enough because he's doing real magic. Right. And they're reacting honestly versus Chris. Like you need to kind of compensate, you know, muddy up the audio a little bit just so it's not as obvious like if there was no music going along with it it would be it would be 10 times worse like it's already really bad but imagine yeah. just the reactions with no audio behind it like it would just be oh
1: you're so right i wish we could take the music out just to <laughs>
0: right how how awkward that would be yeah but
1: so uh, that's pretty much that one i it doesn't even deserve much more time than that um no no So, throughout the episode, they continue to talk about the the wine barrel, and we we talked about it quite a bit at the beginning, so I'm just going to wait to finish it off at the end. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess I will say that it's, uh, he does make mention that it's going to be, the wine barrel is going to be hanging eight stories, quote, above the earth, unquote.
0: Yeah, Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, above Uh, the earth.
1: Yeah so he's in space he's going to be in space (laughs) um yeah um uh another mention that houdini was more concerned about his safety than chris um and he there's like some footage of him doing a breath hold for two minutes in a pool riveting it all comes back to the pool like when he was practicing for the fire thing he goes to the pool
0: He's just he's a pool guy. He loves pools.
1: Anything for any excuse for him to take off his shirt. um, Pretty much. Yep. Well, speaking of water, there is a water trick. Why don't you explain? uh, Yeah, there is a
0: water trick. So he approaches two ladies in a restaurant and one of them has a glass of water. And he asks her to take a sip of the water. And he says, what does that taste like? And she says, water. And then he says, stop drinking water enough. Stop, stop with the water. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, no, she says it tastes like water. And he's like, okay, I want you to think of your favorite drink. Think, uh, think of your favorite drink. And um, she thinks of her favorite drink and he reads her mind and says beer. And, which is correct. And then he proceeds to take the glass of water and a coaster from the table. And he puts the coaster above the water and kind of shakes it all up. And the water turns into beer. And then the lady uh, is able to taste the water and tastes like beer. And her friend tries it, too. And she agrees. This might be the best trick in the episode. Um... Yeah, I think so. It's a good trick. It's. You know, it's it's definitely this is one that can be done for real. And what makes me believe that it might not be is the strange editing choices, because this is a trick that you would think you would just show one clip all the way through. But there's some very weird cuts in it that seems like multiple takes. Like just unnecessary, like out of place cuts like they'll you'll have a. I don't know, it's, I'm not going to be able to describe it very well without watching it, but just totally unnecessary cuts. Like they'd be showing both Chris and the girl and then like just unnecessarily cut to just the girl. Like we're watching a reality TV program instead of watching, you know, live magic or watching a magic show, which, you know, ultimately this is reality TV.
1: Right. you're right. It's one of those things that it, based on the editing you're led to believe that it was a setup but it this could be something that you could there's a but there's risk involved like the the mental side of it like having somebody think of their favorite drink and it's beer um I don't know. I don't know. Uh I think that there's a lot of risk involved in that and they pro, Chris is not one to ironically uh Chris is not one to take risks even though he says that he's taking more risk than houdini in this episode um he he doesn't do that um so i'm led to believe as well that this was a setup but still um it looks weird to us to the average person probably would look pretty cool um and they probably wouldn't notice the uh the cuts
0: yeah yeah Um so what what do we what do we got next? We got the the bus trick when he's on the bus or not yet.
1: Well, I just want to that is coming up, but I I do want to point out that Lance Burton does say uh well Chris he so Chris is supposed to do this wine barrel escape submerged in water, right? Right. But he says uh so Lance asks him are you going to practice this without the water or with the or with the water i should say are you going to practice this with the water and chris says no so he doesn't even in the episode he doesn't even practice doing it in the water i don't know why why he's working so hard to try to make him seem like he's he's so cool and fearless Why i mean
0: why the fuck would you not practice that with water like that's it just makes no sense. It's a totally different escape, you well, know, he, he like practices- doing the milk, doing the milk can escape without the fucking milk is just, a, you're just escaping from a can. It's far less dangerous because you're, you don't have the risk of fucking drowning, you know, it's
1: right. So he's like, like, for some reason he, he practices the breath hold, but he doesn't practice putting it all together.
0: I know, it's, it's, it's dumb. And yeah, he's totally trying to do it to seem more badass. Like he's not going to put it all together until the actual moment. But it's like, dude, why? Like, this is, this is stupid. It's and- like, it's like me saying, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a sympathetic cards routine on stage, which is an effect where you use a deck of cards and some wine glasses and the cards go into the wine glasses. And, and I'm not going to practice with the wine glasses. right just totally totally changes the trick and it's like why the fuck would you not use the wine glasses that's that's kind of the level that that this is on yeah you're no 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 magician no magician would do that like you're gonna gonna practice it the way that you're gonna perform it especially if it's life especially if it's life threatening like he's saying it is it's it's good to it's good to practice things separately
1: and get a hold of the aspects of like a a routine or an escape but you want to You want to perform it all. You want to practice it all together. I mean, otherwise, how is it going to turn out the way you want it to if you're not prepared? Anyways, he it's then it's then uh, also enforced again so many times in this episode. But again, that Houdini didn't take much risk.
0: Just trying to build Chris up, trying to build him up,
1: which I. (laughs) You can tell that that's not natural for these people to, to talk like this either when they're talking like that. Um, Luke Germay, um, very, very well-known mentalist who was a contributor on this show. They cut to him and he says, uh, Chris has a Houdini way of thinking. Um, don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> I don't know either. Oh, so then we get to the RV trick um, or yes. the, the bus trick. So the RV, his RV yes. broke down and then he has to take the bus home. So he's in this bus with a bunch of muggles, and they. Uh, why don't you? Want, it's a card trick. I'll let you explain this one.
0: Okay. Yeah. You know I love card magic. So um, yeah, this is uh, essentially the car, the the trick is a card through a window, which we've discussed before. David Blaine's done it. Um, David Copperfield's done it. It's it's an old. It's a classic in magic. An old trick um, where you make a card go through a window and it appears on the other side. And he's the different the difference is he's doing it in a moving bus, which is actually quite cool. Um, You know, similar to the the train um, that David Copperfield did it in. Um, He's going to do it on the front window of the bus. So he starts by having someone select a card. And the way that this trick starts, he actually does a little bit of sleight of hand at the beginning. And it made me think, oh, he might be doing. He might be doing this for real. Like cuz he did a a fairly difficult maneuver um at the beginning which it doesn't look like he does anything but it, you know that's that's a good thing that means it was a good slide of hand. Um so so far so And good. yeah, so far it's like oh, well, he actually like did a comp- kind of difficult slight. Like this this is going to be a real trick. And then we get more weird cuts. And it's just like, fuck, I don't know if it's going to be real or not. Um, But essentially, he he goes up to the front of the bus after having someone in like the second seat, select a card and sign the card. He goes up to the front of the bus, takes the deck and throws it at the front window of the bus. And you can see a card sticking to the glass. And it is the signed nine of diamonds, I think, was the card. And he has the bus driver stop. And him and the spectator get out and go to the front of the bus and take it off the front of the window. And he lets her keep the card. Great trick. Um, definitely could be real, but again, just weird, unnecessary cuts. Like This, this one would have been so easy to do just do one take because he's standing in the aisle way with the camera behind him, easily capturing the selection of the card, and the window is right behind Chris, so the camera could just pan up And watch Chris throw the cards against the window and boom, there it is on the other side. Um, And I thought that's what it was going to be. But we got these unnecessary cuts that make me think, well, there's probably some fishy stuff going
1: on. Well, even if uh, one take. So even if there was – even if it was one continuous cut, there is one – or one continuous shot. One thing that I noticed that – and you could be right. Maybe something happened in the cut. But if you look at the – one thing I noticed – so you can see the bus moving through the through the side windows like where the passengers are but through the windshield the whole time leading up to the leading up to the very moment where he throws the cards it's just all white glared out like you cannot see through the front windshield right. whatsoever so there is a sure. chance that it could have been there the whole time um I'm leaning towards that and they just added an yeah. unnecessary cut for no reason because they're trying yeah. too
0: hard it, well, it could be, you know, a lot of this is probably not Chris's decision either. It's probably the people that edit the show. And this could just be a problem with magic on television in general. And, you know, the performer really needs creative control over a lot of this, which a lot of the time they don't have. So it could be his editors just trying to make it flow differently. But when you're going to do magic on TV, you got to be very careful about doing cuts like that because people will suspect camera tricks or stooging and stuff like that uh, even if there's none right so it's you know and that's what david Blaine is so good at because he has a lot of creative control over what he's doing and the team of people that he works with and he's very careful the cuts that he does do are carefully crafted to where you can still know that it's not multiple takes um
1: right and definitely when you watch uh david blaine you're you're not thinking about the cuts like it all it either if there is cuts it feels like one whole
0: thing still yeah and most of the time it's just a continuous shot from start to finish of the trick whereas with chris or he... if it's or if it is cuts for david it's still obviously just based on people's reactions it's still the same moment
1: you know right but with chris he he makes so many claims about like one continuous shot and all this, so you're it forces you to think more about what about the the editing side of it. so you he he kind of he kind of opens the door for you to notice these issues right because of all the claims that he makes
0: right, yeah, so but uh, good trick though. Yeah. And I think it was probably done for real. It's a good trick.
1: Definitely got a little bit of a flashback to the David Copperfield episode where, or, uh, yeah, thing where he was in the train, um, and did the same effect. Uh huh. Um, I think that's all of the magic leading up to the final stunt, uh, the okay. escape. Um, <laughs> do you remember the issue with the water? Yeah. Oh, of course I do. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because he, He specifically doesn't practice with the water, but then in the episode, he encounters an issue with the water.
0: It's like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, so he – Chris needs the water to be warm um, because cold water is – will contract the muscles and his range of motion will not be as great because he'll start to kind of freeze up, which is true and it's – You know, it's much harder to do an escape, a water escape with cold water. It's that's just a fact. But with the way that he frames himself and this effect, just building up all this danger and not practicing with the water and stuff. And he gets in there and it's cold and he just bitches out. And it's just like it's so unlike everything else that he's done. It's like, dude, what? what? What is going on? The water's too cold. Yeah yeah he's just like, you know Houdini was pretty safe mine's gonna be really dangerous, and it gets a cold water he's like nope nope
1: <laughs> <laughs> this like, was after the fuck, they dude? supposed this was after they supposedly dumped warm water in it some warm water in it, but it was still too cold for him um so he refused he refuses to do it without having more warm water in the tank yes um there's a which
0: I'm sure they kept in to make him seem more badass too. like, Oh, he's not going to do it unless it's under his conditions. You know, like obviously they could have just cut all that out. Uh, And I'm sure in the setup of the trick, if he really wanted warm water, he he probably would have gotten it. I find it hard to believe that they would just bring him cold water when he asked for warm water. I don't know. It's it's it all seems so weird.
1: Right. Yeah. So then we get a, we get another, Quote from a very well-known, um, mentalist. This one is Banachek. Um, you know, one of the top mentalists in the United States has a lot of material out there that is, uh, very utilized by other mentalists. Like he's a, he's a big creator and a performer as well. Um, and he's also one of Chris's longtime consultants. Like I think he's, he's a consultant for Chris throughout pretty much the whole series, Mm-hmm. Um, so Banachek says Houdini was good at creating the illusion Of danger Whereas Chris is actually in danger Yes He's not <laughs> It's so frustrating It It's so yeah. frustrating It is Just, So why don't you tell us about the rest of the escape So Uh Oh, okay so there so he so he goes up there he's in the he's in the barrel he's all locked and loaded in the barrel yep and then uh i don't know maybe like 15 20 seconds in he gives a signal that he agreed upon like if there was an emergency he had the signal to give them and uh this signal was um he gave the signal to to his team to abort like uh, 30 seconds in So they they bring him down and uh, the issue was something about him, his wrists getting caught on the line that was suspending him. Yeah, it was restricting his
0: movement of his wrist, which made him escaping from the handcuffs impossible.
1: I don't know if that's planned or not, but I mean, it could.
0: Yeah, given the nature of Chris, it could just be another planned incident to make it seem more real or it could it could have actually happened i have no idea <laughs> right that's just the that's
1: just the good thing about about chris here is uh you know you just can't trust him
0: no you can't
1: so uh he he finally does it he gets out of the cuffs with like 20 seconds left and uh the barrel falls to the ground and chris is hanging now from the line and uh, then it's like it's like the line that was holding him suddenly goes loose, and he's kind of free falling through the air for a second, but then it slows down as he gets closer, and it's almost like he's like levitating down for the last maybe fifteen twenty feet uh yes. and he's he's in his classic levitation pose, yes, um, which maybe. <laughs> Which maybe there's some truth to it. Maybe the, I mean, maybe, maybe that kind of shows you how he does levitations using
0: lines, like actual. Yeah, he's he's exposing his levitation. He shouldn't use that pose. It's hilarious. Like, that looks like the last episode. It really. I mean, Except there's a
1: line. I, I genuinely think that that's the case, and uh, yeah, oh
0: yeah.
1: There's not. He's attached to a line. Why does he have to do the levitation pose toward the end? Like people know he's. You can see the line.
0: Uh, You know, I just, I'm just baffled by how much they build up the danger of this. And then he's attached to a fucking harness with a line the whole time. It's like, dude, there was never like risk of anything. Like, I thought, I thought the barrel would drop and he'd be like holding on to something because he freed his hands and he's able to just hold. And then they'd lower him down. But no, he's like attached to something. Right. So it's, you were never, you were never in danger, which is fine. You shouldn't be when you're doing these illusions. Like, you, it's ridiculous to put on shows where your life is actually on the line. Like, I think that is wrong. I think you shouldn't do that. And I think it's just as bad to not do that, but tell people that's what you're doing. I guess it's not just as bad, but it's also it's also really bad to tell people that it's really dangerous.
1: Yeah, his fact it's not his life was uh, was on the line. He, he literally was on the line.
0: Literally, his life was safely on a line. Yes, <laughs> that lowered him to the ground.
1: So then we, so then we finish off by having a couple quotes. One of them is from a, a bystander, and they say, uh, "This is great." They say, "All I see uh, was he got out of the handcuffs, um, and then after that, he was gone." <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> I don't know if they they were gonna do this trick a different way or something
0: what did you watch
1: <laughs> do you remember did, did this catch you off guard when you watched
0: it too yes yes that was so funny
1: <laughs> all, all i see was he got out of the handcuffs and then after that he was gone he was <laughs> <laughs>
0: what? Holy shit. he was
1: always there like you could see him the whole time i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> It's like they had the idea, yes. I mean, normal, to be honest. I mean, I was kind of expecting this to have a, an illusion ending as well where he just disappears. I, I so, was too, yeah. So maybe yeah. maybe they had that in mind initially.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I, I will give him props for actually being up there in the barrel because I thought for sure he was just not going to be in the barrel and they were going to drop it and it vanishes and he appears somewhere stupid. But he's actually up there.
1: And then even with the safety line there was risk involved like I mean with the with the part where he kind of actually actually falls I mean he's on the line the whole time but he falls for a little bit of it and then it tightens up and sure uh, But yeah all I see was he got out of the handcuffs and then after that he was gone. <laughs> and
0: just like that we are gone with this episode.
1: Well there's one more one more thing uh, that Lance oh, says. Fuck. This is the final thing. Oh yeah thing. yeah.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Lance mentions that he didn't even know that Chris had the safety line on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and Lance throughout it, you know, Chris has a two minute window is, to escape here, and Lance is giving commentary as the clock is ticking down, and it gets down to like thirty seconds, and Lance is just like, "I'm getting pretty nervous." It just it's just like, dude, you have no fear in your voice at all, like this. <laughs> This is it's bad.
1: Right. What are the odds that they that they kept this detail from him? Zero. He had to see that he was on like if he was there.
0: I mean, it gets down to like 10 seconds and last year's like, oh, you know, it's just <laughs> it's, it's it's just, uh, you know, it doesn't doesn't build it up at all. It makes it more obvious. And then after that, he was gone. And then he was gone and then he vanished from our lives because I want to forget everything about this man. I, I just can't, I can't get over that, that, uh,
1: I, I want to look at, I mean, I just keep looking into it. Like what does that statement from that, from that bystander show you? Is it that, I mean, they included it, which makes me think it was like a editing mistake. Almost. And it shows the that there was an intention for him to just vanish out of the barrel, but they decided not to for some reason. Who knows, though? We'll yeah. never know.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: But yeah, you're right. Just like that, we are we're gone with with this episode.
0: We're gone, and we are here with trivia. Are you ready for trivia, Patrick? This is my final. This is your final five questions. Of the session, the first session of trivia. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's time for some trivia. All right, we're going to cue the music. So, Patrick, our trivia this week is the Chicago bonus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait. It's about Chicago.
0: It's about Chicago. This is uh, I do. I have one Chris Angel question and then I have four questions about Chicago um, (laughs) because of the famous Chicago bonus that could end up um, swaying this thing either direction. So. So how many
1: uh, give give us an idea of the standings right now?
0: So the standings right now, uh, you have 14 points and I have 17 points. And I have the odd number because of the Chicago bonus, which I think was in episode six. Uh, you gave me an opportunity to win an extra point, and the and the answer to that question was Chicago. So the Chicago bonus. Um, so right now you have a chance at ten points if you get all these correct. Um, you need to get two. at least two correct to. Have hopes of winning,
1: or you automatically—if I get one right, you automatically win. Like if I just—if you get
0: one or zero, I will win trivia. We'll still do the final uh, trivia session just for total points, but I will have won if you don't get two or more right uh, in the session. Okay,
1: that's a lot of pressure. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's just—it's a lot of
0: pressure. We're going to start with the Chris Angel question, okay? okay? And I have a little context. For this, after the question, let me pull it up. It's on my phone here. So, Chris Angel question. In 2003, which performer did Chris Angel call out for not wanting to work with him? Is it A, Max Maven, B, David Blaine, C, David Copperfield, or D, the amazing Jonathan? I'm going to say
1: no to David Copperfield. I just don't think that they line up in terms of performance style. I could see it being Blaine. I know him and Amazing Jonathan have a long history of like, well, here's the thing. I remember from the show that there's this constant like uh, rivalry between him and Amazing Jonathan, but I don't know how produced that is. Um, I don't see it being Max Maven. I'd be very surprised if it was. So I'm in between David Blaine and, uh, the amazing Jonathan, but let me just lock in the amazing Jonathan. It could be Blaine, but I'm going to lock in Jonathan.
0: The answer is Max Maven. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh.
1: Uh, it's
0: not, uh, <laughs> the answer is David Blaine. Damn it. Um, a little context here. Um, after, so this was after, uh, David Blaine did his 44 days in the box in uh in london um chris angel he oh excuse me david blaine said on a radio show shortly after that experience they were talking about other magicians and um and chris was brought up and he said he would like to do something side by side with chris and chris um his team contacted his team david blaine's team multiple times and said they wanted nothing to do with it so Chris uh, went and, and called him out. This is exactly what he said. I'm, I'm about say what you do, do what you say. If you don't really feel that way, then go, don't go shooting off your mouth. To me, it's, it's about the principle. I don't care about the money. I would do it just to prove a point so people can see who's, who's the, who the best magician is today and who's the most provocative. That was Chris's quote? That was Chris's quote after being rejected by David Blaine's team multiple times. After David said that he would like to work side by side.
1: Wait, so David wanted to do it, but then Chris's team couldn't get David
0: Blaine to do it? David said on a radio show that he would like to do that, and Chris's team got in touch with David's team, and, and they were just like, no.
1: Well, I mean, uh, you know... Multiple that if, times. If they... It would have to be on David Blaine's terms, and that would mean no camera tricks.
0: Yeah. So I would it, be surprised if David actually wanted to work with them, anyways.
1: It would be very clear who the better performer is in that instance. Yes. I'm frustrated that I didn't go with David Blaine.
0: Well, seemed too obvious. I so got four me. questions here. You got uh, four questions about Chicago.
1: All right. I, so, you know, do- I live a couple, I just lived like two hours away, so and I've not been there couple times yeah so maybe that's enough knowledge for me
0: so here we go we're gonna start with uh, nicknames for chicago we all know with the windy city and chai town what is another popular nickname for chicago is it a second city b Chicagwa, c the garlic city or d the blockbuster
1: If it's garlic city, I'm going to be pissed. So I'm not going to go with that. Maybe I should just start going. What's <laughs> going to make me mad? Because <laughs> it seems like garlic city what happens. Uh, Sh- what was it? Chicaqua.
0: Chicaqua. It's spelled S H I K A A K W A. Chicaqua. <laughs>
1: okay. I, <laughs> I just have a hard time believing you'd make that up. Um, What's the first one again? Second city. And then the final one, the final answer,
0: blockbuster blockbuster.
1: Don't see it being blockbuster. Uh, I'm going to go with second city because maybe that means like New York is the top. And then Chicago is like second city. We'll go with that.
0: That is correct. It is second city, uh, Chicago, is um i think a, a french word i forget um what it's derived from but that it was the original inspiration for the name chicago uh the garlic city is um because um there's a lot of garlic trees that grow around chicago and there's actually a lot of garlic to be found there and the blockbuster i made that up um Okay, you got one, you got two points on the board. You are one point shy of me. Three questions left.
1: I really need which to. Of these, I need to make all of these questions to have a true shot of winning. Pretty much. If you make all these
0: questions, you might win. Um, which of these monuments or pieces of public art will you not find in Chicago? So, as we all know, in big cities, there's a lot of public art and sculptures, uh, monuments. Um, so I will give you four names of monuments, pieces of art. Um, you have to tell me which one is not found in Chicago. I also have descriptions of each monument. If you would like to know those.
1: I've been the, one of the times that I went to Chicago was with, a was in a school trip where we went to the, uh, whatever that art museum was there. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Chicago art museum.
1: Yeah. And and the some of the uh, – and the natural – the Museum of Natural History or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So if you want to know a little description on each of these, you can ask me. But here are the pieces of art. Calder's Flamingo, De Buffett's Monument with Standing Beast, Nuclear Energy, and Balto. So I assume you'll – want descriptions of these but the
1: question is what those are it.
0: which of these art pieces is not found in chicago
1: so three out of the four are
0: three of these are
1: in chicago all right give me an explanation of each please
0: calder's flamingo created by american artist alexander calder is a 53 foot tall stable um, not stable like a horse stable it's spelled s-t-a-b-i-l-e i'm not sure exactly what that means It was commissioned by the United States General Services Administration and was unveiled in 1974, um, constructed in 1973. Monument with Standing Beast is a sculpture by Jean de Buffet. It is a 29-foot white fiberglass work of art uh, weighing 10 tons, unveiled in 1984. Nuclear Energy is a bronze sculpture by Henry Moore at the site of the world's first nuclear reactor, created in 1942. Um and Balto was dedicated to the sled dogs that led several dog sled teams through a snowstorm in the winter of nineteen twenty five to deliver medicine in Nome, Alaska. And this was created by Frederick George Richard Roth.
1: Okay, so it's either Balto or the nuclear energy one. but I don't really associate Chicago with nuclear energy, but I know that there are plenty in the Midwest.
0: I can read them again. If you'd like read the last two again, nuclear energy is a bronze sculpture by Henry Moore at the site of the world's first nuclear reactor. Uh, The first human-made self-sustaining nuclear nuclear chain reaction was created on 1942, December 2nd, 1942. Balto was dedicated to the sled dogs that led teams through a snowstorm in the winter of 1925 in order to deliver medicine that would stop uh, an epidemic in Nome, Alaska. And that was created by Frederick George Richard Roth. I feel very confident that it's one of these...
1: I'm going to go with the nuclear energy.
0: It is one of those.
1: No, but it is Balto. No, (laughs) I was going to say it, but then I, I was like,
0: (sighs) it is Balto. Balto is found in Central Park in New York um, and nuclear energy is at the site of the world's first nuclear reactor, which is in Chicago. Which I didn't know.
1: See, I thought that, ironically, I thought that the that the uh, nuclear energy one would be in uh, New York. That's what I told myself at right. the last moment.
0: Right. I would have thought that too. Okay. Two more questions here. We got one that's going to revolve around uh, pop culture and we got one that's going to revolve around um, uh, crime. Which one would you like first? Crime. Okay, going with the crime question. What is the murder rate in Chicago per 100,000 citizens? Okay. Okay. So there is a lot of crime in Chicago. How many citizens are murdered per 1,000 or 100,000? Sorry. Okay. Um, Is it A, 12 and a half, B, 18 and a half, C, 44 and a half, or D, 53? 100, per 100,000. Per 100,000, on average, how many people are murdered in Chicago per 100,000 citizens? Run the numbers. 12 and me. a half, 12 and a half, 18 and a half, 44 and a half, 53.
1: 18 and a half, locking it in.
0: 18 and a half is correct. You are going to be alive. You have surpassed me in points. It's going to come down to the last trivia uh, session. Um, 18 and a half, which is actually a higher rate than New York and L.A. Um, but there are some smaller cities with higher rates like Chicago. Excuse me. Detroit has 53 murders per 100,000.
1: Detroit's that much worse than Chicago?
0: Yes. Uh, yes.
1: And uh, how – do you know what these numbers were like? What time frame the numbers were based on?
0: Uh, I think these were twenty eighteen. Oh, okay. So pretty, pretty recently. Um, all right, moving on to pop culture. Chicago is a great home for motion pictures, and a lot of movies have been filmed in Chicago. I'm going to give you the name of four movies, and you have to tell me which one has not been filmed in Chicago. So these are four famous movies in pop culture. Which one did not use Chicago for shooting? Is it A, The Matrix, B, Suicide Squad, C, Batman versus Superman, or D, Fight Club?
1: So which one hasn't, which one didn't, Which one did
0: not, did not shoot in Chicago. Three of these movies um, were filmed primarily in Chicago. And one of these did not film in Chicago at all. So we have The Matrix, we
1: have, what's the second one?
0: Suicide Squad, Batman versus Superman, and Fight Club. I'm guessing
1: Fight Club was, I don't know, because I feel like all of these could have been filmed in New York as well. Um, So I feel like the one that I, I feel like the one that isn't probably is in New York. Um, And the cities are almost indistinguishable to me.
0: They're difficult. It's it's rare that, you know, like so there's some movies that I could have included where you'd know it's Chicago, like the Dark Knight filmed mm-hmm. in Chicago. And there's some very famous Chicago landmarks in that movie. So and these these ones are a little trickier because you don't necessarily see those famous landmarks. I haven't three seen of them were in Chicago.
1: Is the are you talking the Matrix? Or are you talking about the original?
0: Yeah, the 1999
1: Matrix. And I haven't even seen it. So I <laughs> okay, I'm almost leaning towards that one. Because I know all the other ones, I mean, but let's be honest, they probably all have been filmed in a city. Um, I haven't watched Fight Club either, um, but I'm going to assume that was filmed in Chicago. Um, The Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad could go either way on him. I'm just going to lock in the Matrix. The
0: Matrix was shot in Chicago.
1: Wait, let me – can I – okay, obviously I got it wrong, but let me – give me a shot. Chicago
0: bonus. (laughs) The Chicago bonus returns. The Chicago bonus. I will give you – I will give you one point if you can guess it correctly.
1: Wow, what a – what a big – what a big thing this is! Wow, how grateful that I'm grateful. How grateful am I? A lot. I am. I'm very. Um, still probably get it wrong though. I'm gonna stick with Fight Club being uh, filmed in Chicago. Um, from the beginning, I I was like Suicide Squad might be in New York. I uh, haven't watched the Superman versus Batman. We're gonna stick. We're gonna. You know what? We're gonna go Superman versus Batman.
0: Batman v. Superman was filmed in Chicago. So it was Suicide Squad. It is Fight Club.
1: Okay. So I was, you know what? For, for, a, for a very brief moment, I was like, he's doing the Chicago bonus because I already, I already said Fight Club wasn't. Uh...
0: <laughs> Fight Club was filmed in L.A.
1: Really? Okay.
0: Yep. Yep. The other three were filmed in Chicago.
1: Well, I appreciate the Chicago bonus. Um, Yeah.
0: So you're up to 18 points. I have 17 points.
1: You just have to get one right.
0: I have to get one question right in the next podcast trivia session, and I will have won the first session. But um, uh, who knows? Who knows? He He could blow me out. I uh, yeah we'll see what
1: the trivia is. Um, don't even know where to start for the theme of it, really. Um, but we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, either way, I'm happy that the trivia wasn't such a big blowout where we where it was it's very close. early on that we had a clear winner.
0: It's close. Yeah. yeah, I mean you could have really blown that one out of there. You were close to getting four of the five. That was the only one you were off on i'm you know what i'm good at.
1: One. i'm good at getting it in between two most of the time yeah, yeah.
0: yes yes but but yeah again, yeah that's I,
1: um, again very very uh gentlemanly of you to to throw the chicago bonus
0: in there at the end <laughs> had to had to give it an opportunity but so next week that's um that's what we got that's what we got this week you got anything you got anything to add next week? I'll have five more questions to try to win this thing. I just got to get one. Yeah.
1: I, uh, I really don't know where to take it with the trivia, but, uh, I, I hope you know a lot about, uh, n- nuclear physics. Um, yeah, that's what I studied in school. No, <laughs> You've been you've been living a lie this whole time as a as a nuclear physicist just for this one moment to win the trivia. You're not even
0: in golf. I'm not a I'm not a golf pro. I'm a nuclear physicist. <laughs> and That's, now I'm going to get all five questions right.
1: <laughs> this sounds like a sounds like a movie plot.
0: I am not a golf pro. I'm a nuclear physicist.
1: Well, I uh hope everybody has a as a uh, good, a good evening, day, morning, whatever time it is uh, when you're listening to this. Um, yeah, I feel like today had a meaning to it. Like, I feel like today. Today means something, but I don't remember what it was. It was a, some important day. Uh, um, not important enough for me to remember. That's all right, but we uh, we hope you have a fantastic um, whatever day and you uh, you listen to this. Um, hopefully, the trivia you know ends with a bang. Regardless of who wins, hopefully it ends with a bang. Um, ideally, Lucas will just win with one question, which would be the the biggest
0: upset. Um, then, then it would, yeah, then it would just be the Chicago bonus that. That would be pretty. That would be pretty funny.
1: That would be a hilarious way to end it. And then uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll continue with. uh, Maybe we'll do a brief hiatus from trivia and replace it with something stupid for a
0: second. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll come up with a new challenge. Maybe we do the desert boss. Who had the loser the next trivia session has to. Uh, get a point on desert bus. I do think we should do that. Yeah. Regardless of, of that, when I we end up doing be fun. it. Yeah,
1: I I would like to do that. That is a that is a fun idea. Um yes. and maybe add some like add some factors within the desert bus that makes it even more annoying or difficult or hard oh, to yeah. pay attention.
0: Oh yeah. Um, yeah there's actually <laughs> I was actually looking more into the, the lore of Desert Bus and there's uh, some modifiers that people have put on it to where the controls will just become inverted all of a sudden. So, you know, you have to compensate for the, the buses pulled to the right by moving left and all of a sudden the controls will be inverted. So you'll all of a sudden start veering like way right and it, j- it just randomizes it. So it's um, like a mod so that-, that makes it random? Yes, it would make it just more annoying because you'd have to actually pay closer attention to the screen the whole time. You can't just zone out. You can't just zone out like you can that you kind of can already.
1: Yeah, I think it would definitely be cool to. uh, To maybe launch like a Twitch, a Twitch type of stream with that, with something like that.
0: Um, Yeah, it would.
1: But yeah, well, you'll have to tune in next week to see who the winner of trivia is and then. And then who knows who knows what uh, the loser's gonna have to do? Really, I mean, nobody knows. I don't think either of us. Nobody know. knows. Mm-hmm. But
0: I hope you like uh, coffee beans and and getting spit on.
1: I do. I really do. In fact, that would all not right. be a punishment at all.
0: I have to change my idea then. Um,
1: I hope you can live without water for
0: three weeks. I I have been. I'm on a month. I've cut water out entirely.
1: That's right, because the the warning is still in effect. You need to stop drinking water. Um, the final message of this podcast will be stop, stop it.
0: Stop drinking water.
1: Stop drinking water. Um, stop drinking water
0: and, you know, support, sponsor a goose. Yeah. Give those goose a hat. Give them a fly hat, 54000 a year. It's not that bad. It's not Give that bad. Take out a loan. Take out a loan. I mean – Okay,
1: your kids aren't going to go to college anyways. Let's be honest. It's 2022. They're not going to college. Some of you probably don't even have kids
0: Listen to this. So, and if you do, their excuse,
1: they're going to end up homeless trying to be a YouTuber. So, let's just be honest. Exactly. They're not going to college.
0: They're probably going to go to Japan and kill whales.
1: Right. They're going to end up they, on they,
0: they don't need your money. The geese do.
1: They're going to end up disabled on TikTok rapping. I mean,. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. You don't want that. You want to give a goose a hat.
1: Nothing against disabled people, but if you're rapping on TikTok, you got to be good. That's it. That's it. You got to be, be good.
0: good. And nothing against TikTok, but um, I don't like TikTok.
1: It's pretty bad. It's a <laughs> love hate relationship yep. with that. But what, what I'm on, I'm just on a crazy side of TikTok. I mean, based on the things that you, I guess, watch more or like, they they. Uh, you'll end up with with just a certain type of feed and i just oh, I, yeah. I have a lot of disabled ra- rappers um <laughs> just a lot of disabled people in general which is fine i mean it's great that they they have a platform they attract a lot of hate and a lot of trolls in some cases but they you know they have too bad they have a it's i think it's really cool that uh, this is this is me being genuine i think it's really cool that people uh, who normally would have a really hard time being in the public eye or being like famous, have the chance to be famous and have a lot of positivity. Um but with that comes uh, negative, a lot of negative and uh that's not very healthy for for people who are already dealing with a lot, but
0: yeah, yeah. a lot of well that was a wholesome note.
1: Yeah, a lot of down syndrome, for... um um what else? A lot of um a lot of autism um, some speech impediments, a lot of speech impediments, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, some, some, uh, a lot of fetishes, a lot of weird fetishes. Um, uh, obviously you can tell the stuff that I like on, on TikTok by, by this. Um, we got, <laughs> we got a lot of, uh, we were supposed to end this like five minutes ago. Here I am just saying, um, <laughs> we got a lot of. A lot of people who the most recent thing i've been encountering is people just sending sending like a public invitation for others to come to like their hotel room um or house most recent guy was in jacksonville florida i think um sent out a public invite like just just saying anybody who wants to come and quote unquote film some tiktoks with him any girls who wants to come over to his place and film some tiktoks uh
0: Yep. Yeah. You sent me that one. I actually went to his house and uh, we had a good time.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm glad. I hope we get the vlog. I hope the vlog's coming out. Um,
0: The vlog is coming out. It'll be on Pornhub. It's going to be on Pornhub. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I, uh, truly nothing against disabled people. Um, I, (laughs) I hope, (laughs) I hope that that didn't come. I hope that none of that came off wrong.
0: Um, if you keep saying it, it might it, there might be some insincerity. <laughs> Again, repeating, I have nothing against disabled people. <laughs>
1: Again, really Down syndrome, it's great. I have it. Um <laughs> Okay. Now every now now
0: everything you've said is,
1: is... Um, no, but I'm I am i am you know, I was I was being genuine about what I said about, you know, people having a platform that normally wouldn't, um and that being a good thing, but also attracting a lot of hate too. Um but yeah, uh you know, shout out to uh <laughs> shout out to Ireland, shout out to Germany. I bet you thought I was taking yeah, a different route. You know
0: that. what? Let's let's check let me just check real quick. Let's see uh see how our stats are doing. I haven't I haven't looked this week, but
1: you know, I think I uh, think <laughs> the the quantities of people watching changed because we because it adjusted the listeners lower <laughs> it adjusted oh, yeah. the amount of <laughs> listeners we had lower so then the quantity of the percentage this the percentages increased
0: nice so yeah still just Germany and Ireland outside of the United States uh, Virginia is still holding that top spot in the United States for. Four states are listening to us: Virginia, Michigan, California, Illinois. So thank you guys, Illinois. Shout out Chicago bonus. Chicago bonus um, forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's uh, that's what we
1: got. Email us at flaming mango pod at uh, no, no. melon flaming melon. Flaming. That was a I mean melon pod. That was a little slip of mine. Flaming melon pod at gmail.com. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, concerns, want to complain about uh, anything that I've said um, (laughs) or me or Lucas, but it's probably going to be me based on, uh, you know, based on that, Um, you know, maybe you want to give me some praise for the Chicago bonus that could potentially change the whole game. But, you know, um, but Lucas gave me the opportunity, too. So I can't uh, well, given that it was after I had made it clear that I wasn't going to pick Fight Club, but that's beside the point um he's gonna get frustrated that i just said that but um you know shout out to the disabled tiktokers out there um jesus christ lucas knows that i have a i have a hard time letting go of certain topics when i find that it's that it's funny that i'm talking about them um even though it's not intended to be offensive, it may come off that way. So I'd like to apologize to the disabled community. I, in fact, am disabled myself. And um, just maybe not as much as the average person, but I am somewhat disabled. So I will take – <laughs> this is me trying to justify, um, you know, as, as far as I know, I do not have uh, – um, I'm not even going to list anything in particular and further uh, and further um, have have certain organizations mad at me. But shout out to the Special Olympics. We support them. Um, The real Olympics are going on right now. (laughs) That sounded really bad. The real Olympics are going on. It's true. Um, maybe that's what I was going to mention. Maybe I was going to mention that the, the Olympics were starting today. Um, yeah, but yeah, you know, the, you know, if you ask me, the Olympics are very special. They're special, very special. Yeah, the Olympics. real ones, the real ones. <laughs> we also are, are, are against the Japanese teams. Um, <laughs> what the we are against the Japanese. <laughs> we're just gonna, we're gonna, just, just everybody. Yep. We're gonna, so we're going down the line. Yep. We're Japan. gonna check
0: mark everything by the end of the pod. We're gonna make fun of disabled people. We're gonna throw in some racism. We're gonna, I'm gonna tell people to kill themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh,
1: <laughs> that was arguably the most, uh, the most controversial thing. So let's, if we're gonna remember yeah. anything, yeah. just remember what Lucas said. Don't remember, yeah, remember what that. I said about Japan. Yep. We do not support them in this year's Olympics. <laughs> um, primarily, see, I'm, you're going to understand where I'm going with this because of the industrial fishing, you know, we're, uh, I don't know how this is going to affect our, uh, you know, our upcoming sponsorship with the special Olympics. Um,
0: probably pretty negative.
1: Well, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, uh, volunteer and be a ref, uh, and be very favorable with my refing. Um, maybe everybody's going to get a gold medal. I think they already do. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they don't actually, I don't know. I feel like everybody gets something. Um, I don't know. I'd like, I'd like to think that, but, uh, cause it's a, you know, it's a organization about positivity. So everybody's, you know, a winner. Um, unlike the, the actual Olympics where there are plenty of losers. Um, we hope that Japan is on that list. Um, we hope that they have the worst turnout that they've ever had. Uh, we really do. This is uh we we really hope that they score worse than any other team.
0: Um And just to alleviate all the hate that we're giving on Japan right now, I actually would love to visit Japan. Me too. My top top <laughs> places I would I would love to go. Like Me too. I you know fast, fascinating. It looks like a Awesome place to visit.
1: Lovely culture, great food, architecture, um, beauty. There's the suicide forest. Um, you know, plenty.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Yep.
1: (laughs) Which we think that you should visit. You know, if you go over there, visit it, you know, pay your respects.
0: Uh Yeah. Maybe bring some rope.
1: Yeah. Maybe see, maybe you'll see Logan Paul over there. Um,
0: yeah. Making fun of bodies.
1: Yeah. Or maybe he'll be hanging. Maybe he'll just be hanging out. Um, Good. maybe he'll be
0: hanging out. Maybe he'll be hanging on a tree.
1: Bye. Yeah, maybe you'll see some, you know. Um,
0: yeah, maybe you'll see that. Well, um, I think we're going to wrap up. You have anything more to say before we tune out? Well, I think that, uh, you know,
1: Japan really, uh, you know, I, I really hope that they do poorly during the Olympics. I hope that the Special Olympics, the next one of those goes well. Um, maybe I'll be a ref. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll cheat for the contestants. Maybe I'll be a contestant. I don't know. Um, you know. Shout out to everybody. Um, Lucas and I are very non uh, non hateful people, even though it may come off that way when we tell you to kill yourself. But uh, <laughs> we really we really love you all, and thank you for tuning in. And if you made it this far, really, you you are. A, You know, you are a true listener. Psychopath. You are a true listener. Yes. You are a listener. And uh, you know, if you made it this far, you probably are anti Japanese too. So congratulations. We are in the (laughs) same category there. Um
0: I'd like to clarify I'm not I am not anti Japanese, I'm anti industrial fishing. Um
1: which is a big thing in Japan. So um
0: just gonna put that out there, which is uh which is Japan does a lot of
1: Lucas is just saying he's against a lot of their core values and beliefs and a part of their culture. That's pretty big um, and a big part of their economy, too. So Lucas is pretty yep. much saying that he hopes their economy I am against crashes.
0: it. I do. I don't care if their economy is is based on the killing of, of innocent creatures. Then go, you can go fuck itself.
1: Lucas hopes that a good portion of people there who have, make a living doing this go homeless. Um.
0: I I'd like to clarify I don't hope that I hope they find another line of work that doesn't involve murder
1: that's a good way to put it right there that is a great way to put that um so shout out to Japan we love you we we really um we really hope to add you to our list of listeners but I don't think that this is really a great start to that uh campaign um you know maybe maybe we'll do uh maybe we'll you know maybe we'll just maybe we'll just end the podcast
0: Okay, I think we will. Um that was the Flamey Melon podcast. Thank you everyone.